Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. I hope you guys had a wonderful and very happy Thanksgiving holiday this past Thursday. I want to sincerely apologize once again for not working on this podcast as much as I've been wanting, but please welcome to the show this afternoon to celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday, two famous childhood actresses followed by two Thanksgiving episodes guaranteed to tickle your funny bone. The two famous childhood actresses are Miss Margaret O'Brien and Miss Sherry Jackson in the CBS mystery show Suspense. The name of the episode is The Screaming Woman. In this, a little girl is helping her mother with Thanksgiving preparations. As she's walking through a vacant lot to go to her aunt's house to retrieve something for her mother, she suddenly hears screaming coming from under the ground. So she tries to get her parents or anyone to believe her that there is a screaming woman down in the ground. But later on in the episode, she tries to find out who is missing and finds out who it is. And then her father finally hears what she has been harping and so frantic about all day. And in this third episode, please welcome Mr. Robert Young in the CBS comedy show, Father Knows Best. In this episode is the Thanksgiving episode where the Anderson family are trying to celebrate Thanksgiving together, but unfortunately, all three of their children, their oldest daughter, their son, and their youngest daughter, all have plans. So, Mr. and Mrs. Anderson have preparations for Thanksgiving as they are planning to go out, but unfortunately Mr. Anderson doesn't want to go out. He wants to stay home and fix Thanksgiving dinner. But fortunately for them, one by one, their children come back, starting with their oldest son. Their older son, the oldest daughter, and then the youngest child. And they sit down and they have hamburgers instead of turkey. And it becomes a very happy Thanksgiving for the Anderson family. And in this final episode, please welcome to the show Miss Murray Wilson and Miss Joan Banks as Jane Stacy in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma. As they, My Friend Irma starts out with a Thanksgiving episode. In this Thanksgiving episode, Jane and Irma are planning a surprise Thanksgiving dinner 
with just them and their boyfriends, Richard and Al. So Irma is in charge of getting the turkey. But unfortunately for Jane, she does not know that her beloved roommate is coming back with a turkey who is not wrapped up in a plastic sack, but is very much alive. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Sherry Jackson, Miss Margaret O'Brien, and Mr. Robert Young, and Miss Murray and Murray Wilson, and Miss Joan Banks in our Thanksgiving bonus episode. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Please comment and subscribe, guys. Thanks, and once again, enjoy the show. And now, tonight's presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Tonight, the story of a little girl and the terror in a vacant lot. We call it The Screaming Woman. So now, starring Sherry Jackson, here is tonight's suspense play, The Screaming Woman. I'm Margaret Leary, and I've got to tell you how it happened. It was Thanksgiving Day, and it was nice and sunshiny, almost like summer except cooler. Mama was cooking the turkey, and I was watching. And Mama said to me, Oh, good heavens, I forgot. Your Aunt Betty's made some cranberry relish for us. Run over and get it, Margaret, so our feelings aren't hurt. And hurry, dear, this turkey's done to a turn. So I ran to Aunt Betty's, and on the way back, I took a shortcut through Mr. Kelly's loft. It's a swell place to play Indians and cowboys, or explore, or hunting for treasure, because trucks dump all kinds of stuff there. Loads of dirt and junk, and even big things like old cars and, and big pipes and chunks of concrete. Well, this day, coming back from Aunt Betty's, I saw that a lot of new chunks of dirt had been dumped there since Saturday. They even covered up a swell big concrete pipe that us kids called our fort. Covered it clear up. Well, I was looking around to see where it used to be, when all of a sudden... The sound was coming up out of the ground. A woman was buried under the junk and dirt and glass, and, and she was screaming all wild and horrible for someone to dig her out. I started to run. I fell down and got up and ran some more. It was an awful, awful long way to our house that day. Margaret. Mama, Mama. Margaret, haven't I told you not to slam the door? Oh, is that the relic? Listen, Mama, there's a screaming woman in the lot. Wash your hands, Margaret. She was screaming and screaming and screaming. Mama, Mama, listen to me. We've got to dig her out. She's buried under tons and tons of dirt. Well, I'm sure she can wait till after dinner. Oh, honestly, next year, I swear I'm going to buy a bigger platter. Mama, don't you believe me? You've got to believe me. Oh, look, honey, I've got a million things to do. Oh, good gosh, look at you. How'd you get your knees so dirty? Well, running back from the lot. Well, never mind. Scoot and tell your dad we're about to eat. Uh, he's in the front room reading his paper. Dad! Oh, Dad, i got to tell you something. Mm -hmm. Getting hungry, baby? Dad, there's a screaming woman in the lot. Mm. I never knew a woman who didn't. we got to get picks and shovels and dig her up. 
Dad! Oh, I don't feel much like an archaeologist today, Margaret. Can't think of anything but food. Let's have an expedition next Sunday and dig her up. We can't wait that long. Dad, you'll die if we don't do it now. Calm down now. Dad, please. Listen, dear. After our Thanksgiving dinner, I'll come out and listen to your screaming woman. How's that? No, no, Dad. Maybe she'll die if you don't come out now. You've got to come now. Margaret. If you believe me, you wouldn't wait. Margaret, listen. You never believe me. Mama doesn't believe me. Nobody believes me. Margaret, quiet down right this minute. Well, I not only won't go with you, but you'll go to your room and stay. And without your Thanksgiving dinner. Now, is that clear? Yes, sir. It's clear. Margaret, you heard, Mother. Don't gobble. But, Dad, we've got to hurry. My dear young lady, this is Thanksgiving dinner, an occasion when we do not hurry. Oh, please, please, Listen, Dad. If, if you pester me any more, if you mention her again, this... Screaming, what's this? I won't go out with you to hear her recital at all. Now, is that understood? Yes, sir. It's understood. Well, now that I can be thankful for a full stomach, I guess we should consider what other things we have to be thankful for. Well, we're all healthy. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for my big daughter. Right, baby? Yes, Dad. And for my loving wife, who is still the most romantic woman I know. Oh, silly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm thankful I didn't marry somebody else. You nearly married Dora Lanfell. You even gave her a oh, ring. Oh, that never meant a thing. No, you've only had one serious competitor since we were all kids. Oh, who? Helen Nesbitt. Oh. Yeah, Helen was my first love. When she was about as old as Margaret, I gave her a present one Christmas, and she gave me one. I still have it. That paperweight on your yeah. desk. It's funny how we hang on to things that were important when we were kids. Dad. Now, just a little longer, Margaret. Oh, Dad, please. Oh, go on, dear. You'd better take her out to the lot before she collapses. Okay. Come on, Margaret. Let's hear this wailing banshee of yours. Now, just where is this screaming woman of yours? Lead me to her. Over here, where our fort used to be. Fort? The big concrete pipe. It's all covered up now. Mm, Kelly is really getting this lot filled in. All right, where's the lady? Right about here, Dad. Listen. Don't hear a thing, except the wind. You better button your sweater, Margaret. Listen. No, it's the trolley over on Aspen Street. Hey there! Screaming woman! Hey! I'm afraid your screaming woman's let you down. But she was here, Dad. Right under where they dumped all this dirt. I heard her screaming and screaming and screaming like she was underneath in the fort. Somebody's dumped tons and tons right on top of our fort. Oh, well, it's too bad they buried your fort, dear. I saw two of Kelly's big trucks here last evening, and there was a dump truck in here this morning, too. It isn't because they covered the fort. Well, it must be your screaming woman doesn't like grown-ups. Oh. Only delivers her solo for kids. Maybe she can't scream anymore. Well, I'm going to back take a nap now. Let my dinner settle. Aren't you going to help me, dear? Don't you think this is a sort of silly game? It's not a game. All right. All right, dear, but don't stay too long. Mama probably would like some help with those dishes. Dad! Dad! Oh, I know I heard her scream. I know it. Oh, darn, darn, darn. <laughs> There. You are there. Hey, screaming woman. 
for me. I can't help you all by myself. <gasps> Come here. Come here. Let me feel your head. Please, Daddy. Please. Oh, please, you've got a fever. Please, now, you're Daddy. going to lie down, young lady. We can't leave her down there, Dad. We can't. Now come along in your room. It's awful, Dad. It's awful for her to be screaming and, and screaming and nobody listening or caring. Margaret. Don't joke when there isn't any more air and then she'll die. You're going to lie down the rest of the afternoon before you make yourself sick. <laughs> no, I've got to dig her up. I've got to go back. It's all those comic books you've read, darling. Now, I forbid you to leave the house. Close your eyes and take a nap like a good little girl. <laughs> what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You are listening to The Screaming Woman, tonight's presentation in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Today begins Red Cross Month, a reminder to all Americans whether or not you have ever benefited personally from the far-flung effective relief and rehabilitation programs of your Red Cross. Your month of March donation to the Red Cross, which you are urged to make, will keep Red Cross activities in progress. But you are urged to take a still more important step in addition. You are urged to be an active member of your local Red Cross chapter. Remember, the Red Cross is people helping people. Join and serve more effectively to benefit, should the need arise. And now, we bring back to our Hollywood soundstage, Sherry Jackson, starring in tonight's production of The Screaming Woman, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. After a while, I stopped crying. I had to get back to the lot where that woman was screaming, but I was locked in. So I tied a sheet to the bed and let it out the window and shinny down to the ground. Then I ran to the garage and got shovels and ran to the empty lot. The sun was almost down and it was getting cold. I started to dig fast. Hi, Maggie. It was Dippy Smith. He goes to my school. What you digging for? For a screaming woman. She's down on the ground, and I'm going to dig her up. You can help me dig, Dippy. There's an extra shovel. I don't hear nothing. Well, listen. Just listen. No, I don't hear nothing. Well, just wait. You will. Gee. There. There, did you hear it? Gee, that's okay. Do it again. Do what again? The scream. Do it again. Go on. I'll give you this Aggie if you teach me to do it. What a dog! Did you get that ventriloquist book for a dime from the magic company? You got one of those tin things in your mouth? I won't tell you unless you help me dig. Okay, well, give me the shovel. And you gotta dig fast, like this. Boy, you think she was right under our feet. Boy, wonderful, Maggie. Hey, what's the screaming woman's name? Have you made up a name for her yet? Oh, sure. Her name is Shirley Miller, and she's a rich old lady, 160 years old, and she was buried by a crook named Spike. 
So long, Maggie. And he went off and left me all alone. It was dark now, and, and Dad would be hunting for me. If he found me, I'd get a licking and be put to bed, and then nobody would help the screaming woman at all. There was only one last thing to do, to go all over the neighborhood from house to house and find out who was missing. So I, I rang bells and, and knocked, but, but everybody was home. And I was about to give up when I came to the Nesbitt's house. The house was quiet, like nobody was home. And I saw a dim, spooky light inside somewhere. So I just kept knocking and knocking and, and knocking. What do you want? Uh, 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 nothing, Mr. Nesbitt. I want to see Mrs. Nesbitt. She's not here. She's going to the store. Oh. Uh, then she ought to be back pretty quick. I'll come in and wait. Hey, 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 hey. Wait a minute. I'll just sit down here and wait. I sure like a rocking chair. Uh, don't mind me. Go right ahead doing whatever you were doing, Mr. Nesbitt. I wasn't doing anything. Oh. It looks like you were packing or something with all those boxes and trunks around. Going away? No. Mrs. Nesbitt's been sorting things out, getting rid of a lot of stuff. Oh. Burning it up in the fireplace. Oh, yeah. That's right. Dad always burns our junk out in the alley. Cloth smells awful when it burns. I think... Uh, Look, kid. uh, Helen may have gone on from the store to visit a friend. Well, if she doesn't come soon, I'll leave. Uh, Yeah, and I'll tell her you were here. Uh, What did you want to see her about? Oh, nothing much. Hey... That's too bad. What? I guess you lost the key to that box. You had to break the lock. It uh, was uh, broken already. I bet your folks don't know where you are, kid. No, sir. They think I'm in bed. What friend did Mrs. Nesbitt go visit? I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, look, kid, I I ought to tell you. She won't be back tonight. Oh? Uh, No. Uh, She went to the store, like I said, but... She was going from there over to Beechwood to visit her mother uh, on the bus. She'll be gone two or three days. Oh, that's a shame. Why? Mama was expecting Mrs. Nesbitt to come over tomorrow. Maybe just so. Uh, You uh, better not tell your mother. You see, it's kind of a secret about Helen going away. She uh, doesn't want people to know for a while. Oh. (laughs) You know how to keep a secret, kid. I guess so. I'll I'll give you something for not telling. I'll I'll give you a reward now. Uh, let's see here. Uh, all right. Uh, here's something for a kid. A doll. A doll? Yeah. Uh, Helen was going to give it to you. I heard her say when she was sorting this stuff. Uh, I'll give this to the little Leary girl. That's funny. Mrs. Nesbitt always calls me Margaret. Uh, yeah. Well, sure, that's what she said. Margaret. Yeah, you see, it's quite a doll. Old-fashioned, it's made of leather, and the the face is china or something. You see? Uh-huh. Thank you, Mr. Nesbitt. It's a reward for not saying anything about Helen being gone, you understand? Now, now, come on, I'll, I'll step on the porch light. Um, Mr. Nesbitt, I saw your dump truck in the lot this morning. Well, what do you mean? Were you in the lot this morning? 
Uh, no. No, I was home. I looked out the window. <laughs> Please, Mr. Nesbitt, let go of my arm. Why not that a day, Anselme? Don't! That hurts. I wasn't playing. It's no fun now with the fort covered up and... The fort? What's that? Nothing. Nothing, Mr. Nesbitt. Tell me what you're talking about. Nothing, nothing but that old concrete pipe. You know something. That's why you came here. You've been snooping around that lot and you've found out something. What do you know? I, I don't know anything. Let me go. Mr. Nesbitt, if you don't let me go. Hey, come back. Come back, kid. I'll give you something else. I'll give you something else. Come back, kid. Come back. Nesbitt yelled because I kicked him and, and bit his hand. Then I ran, but I really went after me. It, it, it was dark and quiet and, and scary on the street, and, and more scary out there in the lot. I ran straight across the place where I'd heard the screaming, and it was so quiet. And all of a sudden, there was a man in the lot, right in front of me. Margaret, Margaret, stop. Oh, Dad. Margaret, where have you been? Do you have any idea how your mama's worried? Do you know how late it is? Dad, Dad, he's after me. We've been up Mr. and down Nesbitt. alleys and clear down to Clark Street. I was about to call the police. The screaming woman. It's Mrs. Nesbitt who's down there. I'm going to give you a good licking. Mr. Nesbitt killed her, and now he wants to kill I've me. I've had all of this idiotic talk I can stand. It's true. He said she's gone away, and, and he was running her things. You've got to believe. Margaret, that's enough. Now stop it right now. What have you got there? Where did you get that doll? Mr. Nesbitt. Why, I... Gave it to her, Leary. <laughs> Kid stopped by the house, and I remembered Helen said she wanted to throw it away. Helen said to throw it away? He's lying, Dad. He gave it to me so I wouldn't tell about her. It was locked up in a box. He didn't have a key. Broke it open. <laughs> She's a high-strung kid, Leary. All the stuff she was telling me. He's lying, Dad. Why are you lying, Charlie? Lying? Well, how do you get that? Helen was going to give it to Margaret on her birthday. She told me so. It was a present I gave her a long time ago. She wouldn't have thrown it away. Any more that I'd thrown away the paperweight she gave me. Why are you lying, Charlie? I'm not. Don't look at me like that, Leary. As God is my witness. It's her, Dad. It's the screaming woman. As God is your witness. No! Uh, Leary! No! Please, no. Margaret, run to the house, phone the police, and tell them to hurry. Tell them we've got a dig. Hello? Hi, Dippy. Everything's fine. Everything's worked out keen. The screaming woman isn't screaming anymore. They got a lot of people down there digging her up. Hey, swell! Hot dog! And you know what else, Dippy? They uncovered our fort again. And now we'll be able to get the kids and play in it tomorrow. Suspense. Which Sherry Jackson starred in The Screaming Woman by Ray Bradbury. Next week, the story of a man who tries to escape his past and is faced with no future. We call it Nobody Ever Quits. That's next week on Suspense.
Suspense is produced and transcribed by Anthony Ellis. Adaptation was by Sylvia Richards. The music was composed by Lucian Marwick and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Featured in the cast were Paula Winslow, John Daner, Richard Beals, Howard McNear, Joe Cranston, Herb Butterfield, and Eve McVeigh. Join the FBI in Peace and War Wednesday nights on the CBS Radio Network. In just a moment, Autolite presents Suspense, starring Margaret O'Brien. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. The horse knows the way to carry the sleigh. Why, Hap, Hap, that's not the way to sing hurrah for Thanksgiving Day. What are you telling me, Harlow Wilcox? Why, I've No, no, Hap, this is the way it goes today. Over the river and through the woods and never mind the snow. Grandpa's happy with his jalopy, his battery's never low. Over the river and through the woods, blow high ye winds, blow low. The car's as snappy as Grandma and Pappy, with an Autolite stay full, you know. But Harlow, Well, you not... see, Hap, Autolite stay full batteries have changed a lot of things today. Harlow isn't anything sacred anymore. It's Thanksgiving Day. Let's listen to Margaret O'Brien on Suspense. Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations bring you radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Starring tonight, Miss Margaret O'Brien in Anton Leder's production of The Screaming Woman. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Margaret Leary, and I've got to tell you how it happened. It was Thanksgiving Day, and it was nice and sunshiny. Almost like summer, except cooler. Mama was cooking the turkey, and I was watching. And Mama said to me, Good heavens, I forgot. Your Aunt Cynthia's made some cranberry relish for us. Run over and get it, Margaret, so her feelings aren't hurt. And hurry, this turkey's done to a turn. I ran to Aunt Cynthia, and on the way back, I took a shortcut through Mr. Kelly's lot. It's a big lot, more like the side of a hill that slides down to Monument Creek. It's a swell place to play Indians and cowboys, or explorers are hunting for treasures, because trucks dump all kinds of stuff there. Loads of dirt and junk, and even big things like old cars and big pipes and chunks of concrete. Well, this day, coming back from Aunt Cynthia's, I saw that a lot of new junk and dirt had been dumped there since Saturday. They'd even covered up our swell big concrete pipe that us kids called our fort. Covered it clear up. I was looking around to see where it used to be when, all of a sudden... I stopped and listened. The sound was coming up out of the ground. A woman was buried under the junk and dirt and glass, and she was screaming all wild and horrible for somebody to dig her out. 
I started to run. I fell down and got up and ran some more. It was an awful, awful long way to our house that day. Mama! Mama! Margaret! Mama, Mama! Oh, Margaret, haven't I told you not to slam the door? Is that the relish? Listen, Mama, there's a screaming woman in the loft. Wash your hands, Margaret. She was screaming and screaming and screaming. Mama, listen to me. We've got to dig her out. She's buried under tons and tons of dirt. I'm sure she can wait till after dinner. Oh, next year, I swear I'm going to buy a bigger platter. Mama, don't you believe me? You've got to believe me. Margaret, I've got a million things to do. Good gosh, look at you. How'd you get your knees so dirty? Well, when he got to the lot, I... Never mind. Scoot and tell your dad we're about to eat. He's in the front room reading his paper. Yes, Mama. Daddy! Oh, Daddy, I've got to tell you something. Getting hungry, baby? Daddy, there's a screaming woman in the lot. I never knew a woman who didn't. Hmm. Well, that turkey. We've got to pick, get picks and shovels and dig her up like we're an Egyptian mummy. Oh, Daddy! I don't feel much like an archaeologist today, Margaret. I can't think of anything but food. Let's have an expedition next Sunday and dig her up. But we can't wait that long. Oh, Daddy, she'll die if we don't do it now. I'll give you some money. Oh, so it's a business proposition. Well, how much do you pay by the hour? I've got five whole dollars. It took me a year to save. <laughs> Come here, Foot. You know I'm touched. Oh, but Daddy, You want I... me to play with you and you're willing to pay me for my oh, but... time. My dear, you're shaking. Calm down. Oh, Daddy, please. After our Thanksgiving dinner, I'll come out and listen to your screaming. Oh, but... How's that? Oh, no, now, Daddy. Maybe she'll die if you don't come out now. Oh, you've got to come now. Margaret. If you believe me, you wouldn't wait. You never believe me. Mama doesn't believe me. Ma- Nobody Margaret, believes me. quiet down right this minute. Oh, or but... I not only won't go with you, but you'll go to your room and stay in without oh. your Thanksgiving dinner. How is that clear? Yes, sir. It's clear. I always liked Thanksgiving, almost next best to Christmas, but that was an awful one. Dinner was a million years long. Everybody moved so slow, like a slow-motion movie. Forks and knives and spoons moved slow, and Dad's cheek muscles moved slow when he chewed. I'll try to make things faster. Margaret, you heard your mother now. Don't eat so fast. But, Daddy... The screaming woman. We've got to hurry. My dear young lady, this is Thanksgiving dinner, an occasion when we do not hurry. I intend to eat four or five helpings of everything until I can't eat any more. Then I'm going to make an extra effort and find room for pumpkin pie, a few walnuts, and stuffed dates. Oh, please, please, Daddy. Don't you pester me anymore. If you mention her again, this screaming what's-this, I won't go out with you to hear a recital at all. I understood? Yes, sir. It's understood. I wanted to yell. Oh, please, rush, get up, run around, come on, hurry. But I had to sit still. While out there in the lot with the sun shining down, all alone with nobody to hear or to help her, was the screaming woman. I could hear in my mind, screaming. Mom and Daddy couldn't hear. They just kept on eating and talking. Well... Now that I can be thankful for a full stomach, I guess we should consider what other things we have to be thankful for, hmm? Well, we're all healthy. Prices are sky high, but we're not in debt. Mm. Yet. Those are mundane things, my dear. I'm thankful for my big daughter. Right, Puss? Yes, Dad. And for my loving wife, who is still the most romantic woman I know. Oh, silly. (laughs) I'm thankful I didn't marry somebody else. You nearly married Dora Lampell. 
Even gave her a ring. No, I never meant a thing. No one... No. You're the only one who's been the serious competitor since we were all kids. Oh? There's only one. One Ooh. other. Helen Nesbitt. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Helen was my first love. When she was about as old as Margaret, I gave her a present one Christmas, and she gave me one, and I still have it. Oh, that paperweight on your desk. Mm-hmm. Funny how we hang on to things that were important when we were kids. Daddy. Just a little longer, boy. Warm up my coffee, will you, dear? You know what I'm thankful for, dear? Seriously. That we stayed here in the same town where we grew up. Here you are, dear. Thank you. The same friends. Even the same street. Mm, it's been a peaceful life. Not very exciting, but... Daddy! Margaret finds it pretty exciting. <laughs> yes. You better take her out to the lot before she collapses. All right, now, where is your screaming woman? Lead me to her. Over here, where our fort used to be. Fort? There's a big concrete pipe. It's all covered up now. Yeah, Kelly's really getting this lot filled in. All right, where's the lady? Uh, right about here, Daddy. Listen. Don't hear a thing. Except the wind. Better button up your sweater, folks. Shh. Listen. Well, that's the trolley over on Aspen Street. Hey, there. Screaming woman. Hey. Hmm. Looks like the Dolans are starting out for a drive. Well, I guess your screaming woman's let you down, Puss. But she was here, Daddy. Right under here where they dumped all this dirt. I heard her screaming and screaming like she was underneath the fort. Somebody's dumped tons and tons right on top of our fort. Yeah, too bad they buried your fort, Margaret. I saw two of Kelly's big trucks backed in here last evening. There was a dump truck in here this morning, too. It isn't because they covered the fort. There must be your screaming woman doesn't like grown-ups. Only delivers her solo for kids, I guess. Maybe she can't scream anymore. Well... I'm going back and take a nap. Let my dinner settle. Well, aren't you going to help me dig? Now, listen, my dear. Don't you think this is a sort of a silly game? But it's not a game. Now, don't stay too long, dear. Mama will probably like some help with those dishes. Daddy! Daddy! I know I heard her scream. I know it. Oh, darn, darn, darn! You're there. You're still there. Hey, screaming woman! Why did you scream before? Why didn't you scream so Daddy could hear you? Don't just scream for me. I can't help you all by myself. Daddy! Daddy, where are you? Daddy! Daddy, she's screaming again. Right after you left, she started to scream. You've got to come back. Oh, there now. Come here. Let me feel your head. Please, Dad. Why, you've got a fever. You're going to lie down, young lady. We can't leave it down there, Dad. We just can't. Come on along. Come on into your room. That's right. It's awful, Dad. It's awful for her to be screaming and nobody listening. Nobody caring. You lie down, folks. Lie down. Now, come on. She'll choke where there isn't any more air and she'll die. Now, you're going to lie down the rest of the afternoon before you make yourself sick. No, I've got to dig. I've got to dig her up. All those comic books you read. Now, I forbid you to leave the house. Close your eyes now and take a nap. That's my good girl. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. 
Spotlight is bringing you Miss Margaret O'Brien in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. a hunch you're going to give me another Autolite Stay Full Battery Thanksgiving song. No, not me, Hap. No? No, sirree. By Cornelius, I'm going to tell a Thanksgiving story. It's a fable. <laughs> Couldn't be anything else if you told it. Now, listen to this, my trigger tongue trooper. Last year at this time, my car called me out to the garage. What? Quite a car, too, Hap. Once a year, she overhauls me. Wow, and on Thanksgiving Day, too. Harlow, she said, I have an empty feeling, and I'm so confounded thirsty all the time, I think you ought to do something about it. I'd like to end up Thanksgiving Day with that fine, full feeling that lulls you to sleep as soon as the mince pie disappears. Well, how, my pretty, says I, can all this be accomplished? Easy, she chimes. I need to switch to an Autolite stay-full battery. Why, with an Autolite stay-full battery, I'll never be thirsty. And if you use me normally, I'll need only three drinks a year. And what's more, with the oversized electrical capacity and fiberglass insulation of that Autolite stay-full battery, I'll have more power, stay lively longer, and save you time, trouble, work, and worry. And Harlow, for a fellow as lazy as you are, think what all this means. <laughs> well, when she came up with all those points in my favor, I hurried, I hastened, I hurdled till I was exhausted. And by Christopher, I got an Autolite stay-full battery and gave it to Clarissa. I call my car Clarissa. Oh. Thanksgiving morning. We took a spin, and I could tell she was happier than a penguin with skis. <laughs> Sounds like Harlow in Wonderland. Well, now, let's get back to Margaret O'Brien and the screaming woman. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Miss Margaret O'Brien as Margaret in The Screaming Woman, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. After a while, I stopped crying. I had to get back to the lot where that woman was screaming. But I was locked in. I tied a sheet to the bed and let it out the window and shinned down to the ground. Then I ran to the garage and got shovels and ran to the empty lot. The sun was almost down and it was getting cold. I started to dig fast. Hiya, Maggie. It was Zippy Smith, who was ten years old, the same as me. He goes to my school. What you digging for? For a screaming woman. She's down in the ground and I'm going to dig her up. You can help me dig, Zippy. There's an extra shovel. I don't hear nothing. I don't dig unless I hear a scream. Then listen. I don't hear nothing. Just wait. You will. There. Did you hear it? Hey, that's okay. Do it again. Do what again? A scream. Do it again. Go on. I'll give you this Aggie to teach me to do it. Hot dog, did you get that ventriloquist book for our dance in that magic company? You got one of those ten things in your mouth? I, I, I won't tell unless you help me dig. Okay, swell. Give me the shovel. Hot dog. And, and you got to dig fast. Like this, Dippy. Boy, you think she was right under our feet. You're wonderful, Maggie. Say, that's the screaming woman's name. You must have made her up a name. Oh, sure. Her name is Wilma Schweiger. And she's a rich old lady, 160 years old. And she was buried by a crook named Spike. Come on, Dippy, dig.
digging. We can't stop, Chippy. Oh, I'm tired. I think I'll go home. Dippy, Dippy, stop. You can't. There really is a woman buried here. Well, sure. You said so, Maggie. Oh, don't you believe me? I wasn't throwing my voice. Come back, Dippy. Okay, but I'm getting tired of digging. Uh, now, look, Dippy. I'll go way over here, and then you listen. Okay. Listen. <laughs> hey, there really is a woman here. That's what I told you. Well, come on, let's dig. How's she breathing, do you think? I... I think she's in the fort. Remember? Sure. That's where she must be. Five or six of the kids could get in it so it's big enough. I sure hope it isn't just a radio or something. Well, a radio would be nice, too. Here, here. What do you kids think you're doing? Oh. Oh. Well, Hello, Mr. Mr. Kelly. I'm tired of chasing you out of this lot. If one of you gets hurt, it may be your folks that sue me. But, Mr. Kelly, there's a woman screaming. You kids beat it, do you hear? Yes, sir. But listen, Mr. Kelly, don't you hear her? There. I don't hear a thing, and neither do you. Now, now beat it. Come on, Maggie. Mr. Kelly, somebody's got to dig her up. Don't argue with me or I'll phone your folks. This is my property. Do I have to put up a fence? Why should I spend money to keep people off my own property? Dippy, it's him. He's the one. Huh? He murdered Mrs. Kelly. He hit her on the head and stuck her in the fort and dumped loads of dirt on top. But she wasn't dead. She came, too. Why, you saw him. He stood right there when she screamed and wouldn't pay any attention. Hey, that's right. He stood right there and lied to us. What'll we do, Maggie? There's only one thing to do. We'll phone the police and tell them to come and arrest Mr. Kelly. <laughs> Dad would be hunting for me. If he found me, I'd get a licking and be put to bed. 
and then nobody would help the screaming woman at all. There was only one last thing to do, so I did it, to go all over the neighborhood from house to house and find out who's missing. Why, hello, dear. Hello, Mrs. Griswold. Is anybody missing from your house? Is your sister from Detroit still here? Uh, yes, she's sitting right over there by the radio. Don't you see her? Em, little Margaret Leary wants... No, I, I only wanted to see her, Mrs. Griswold. I was just wondering. I just wanted to know if she was here. Hello, Mrs. Pikes. You're looking good. I'm glad to see you're at home, Mrs. Pikes. I'm awful glad. Mr. Hyde, is your wife still here? Dora, aren't you out pretty late, Margaret? Yes. Oh, hello, Mrs. Hyde. What is it, Margaret? I just wanted to see you, Mrs. Hyde. That's all. The hours were just rolling along, and I rang bells and knocked, and I rang bells. I was about to give up when I came to the Nesbitt's house. The house was quiet like nobody was at home. But I saw a dim, spooky light inside somewhere. So I just kept knocking and knocking. Oh. What do you want? Oh, nothing, Mr. Nesbitt. I only wanted to see Mrs. Nesbitt. She's not here. She's gone to the store. At night? Besides, it's closed today, I think. The drugstore down on Clark Street. Oh, well, then she ought to be back pretty quick. I'll come in and wait. Hey, wait, wait a minute. I'll just sit down here and wait. I sure like this rocking chair. Go right ahead and do whatever you were doing, Mr. Nesbitt. I wasn't doing anything. Oh, looks like you were packing or something with all those boxes and trunks around. Going away? Oh, Helen's been sorting things out, getting rid of a lot of stuff. Oh, burning it up in the fireplace. Uh, yeah, that's right. Dad always burns our junk out in the alley. Clothes smell awful when they burn. Uh, look here, Helen may have gone on from the store to visit a friend. Well, if she doesn't come back soon, I'll leave. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell her you were here. What do you want to see her about? Oh, nothing much. Hey, that's too bad. What? I guess you lost the key to that box. You had to break the lock. No, no, it was broken already. Hey, I bet your folks don't know where you are, kid. No, sir. They think I'm in bed. What friend did Mrs. Nesbitt go to visit? I don't know. I mean, look, kid, I ought to tell you she won't be back tonight. Oh? No. She went to the store, like I said, but she was going from there over to Beachwood to visit her mother on a bus. She'd be gone two or three days. Oh, that's a shame. Why? Well, Mama was expecting Mrs. Nesbitt to come over tomorrow. Maybe to sell. Hey, you, you better not tell your mother. You see, it's kind of secret about Helen going away. She, she doesn't want people to know for a while. Oh. You know how to keep a secret, kid? I guess so. I'll give you something for not telling. I'll give you a reward. Let's see. Hey, here, here's something for a kid. A doll. A doll? Yeah, Helen was going to give it to you. I heard her say when she was sorting the stuff, she said, I'll, I'll give this to the little Leary girl. Mrs. Nesbitt always calls me Margaret. Well, sure, that's what she said. Margaret, that's quite a doll. Old-fashioned. It's made of leather. Face is china or something, see? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Nesbitt. It's a reward for not saying anything about Helen being gone. Understand? 
Now, come on. I'll snap on the porch light. Uh, Mr. Nesbitt, did you finish your driveway? What do you mean? Did you get all the dirt hauled off to make it smooth? Sure. Sure. Now, come on. I saw your dump truck in the lot this morning and... What do you mean? Were you in a lot this morning? No, no, I, I was at home. I looked out the window. Please, Mr. Nesbitt, let go of my arm. You've been playing out there today. Answer me. Oh, don't. That hurts. I wasn't playing. It's no fun now with our fort all covered up. The and... fort? What's that? Nothing. Nothing, Mr. Nesbitt. Tell me what you're talking about. Nothing but that old concrete pipe. You know something. That's why you came here. You've been snooping around that lot and you found out something. What do you know? I don't know anything. Let me go, Mr. Nesbitt. If you don't let me go, I'll... There! Come back! Hey, come back, kid. I'll give you something else. I'll give you something else. Come back, kid. Come back. Mr. Nesbitt yelled because I kicked and bit his hand. Then I ran. But I heard him running after me. It was dark and quiet and scary on the streets. And more scary out there in the lot. I ran straight across the place where I heard the screaming. And it was so quiet. And all of a sudden, there was a man in the lot, right in front of me. Stop, Margaret. Oh. Margaret? Oh, oh, Daddy. Margaret, where have you been? Do you have any idea how your mama's worried? Do you know how late it is? Daddy, Daddy's after me. We've been Mr. up Nesbitt. and down alleys and clear down to Clark Street. I was about to call the police. The screaming woman. It's Mrs. Nesbitt down there. I'm going to give you a good licking. Mr. Nesbitt killed her, and now he wants to kill me. I've had all of that idiotic talk I can stand. It's you... true. You've got to believe Margaret, me. I'm going to lick you right now, right here. I've had enough of... What have you got there? Where did you get that doll? Why, I, I gave it to Larry. <laughs> Kids stopped by the house. I, I remember... Helen said she wanted to throw it away. Helen said to throw it away? He's lying, Dad. He gave it to me so I wouldn't tell about her. It was locked up in a box. He didn't have the key. He broke it open. <laughs> She's a high-strung kid, Larry. All the stuff she was telling me. He's lying, Dad. Yes, he is lying. Why are you lying, Charlie? Lying? How do you get that, Larry? Helen never let you have that doll. It was locked up. That was a present I gave her a long time ago. She wouldn't throw it away anymore, and I'd throw away the paperweight she gave me. Why are you lying, Charlie? I'm not. Don't look at me that way, Leary. As God is my witness, I... It's her. Dad, it's the screaming woman. As God is your witness. Leary, don't! Oh, God! Margaret, run to the house. Phone the police and tell them to hurry. Tell them we've got to dig. Hello? Hi, Dippy. Everything's fine. Everything's worked out keen. The screaming woman isn't screaming anymore. And they've got a lot of people down there digging her up. Hey, that's swell. Hot dog. And you know what else, Dippy? They're going to uncover our fort again. Oh, Dippy, wasn't it a keen Thanksgiving? Thank you, Margaret O'Brien, for a splendid performance. Miss O'Brien will return in just a moment.
Oh, no, that Autolite Stayful battery fable wasn't bad, coming from a fairly fabulous fibber. Ah, but you haven't heard all of it, Hap. Why, bye, Cornelius. Clarissa, that's my car, uh-huh. spoke to me again this morning. Thanks to you, she said, and that Autolite Stayful battery, this has been the happiest year of my life. Why, even these cruel cold mornings, I've got that Autolite pep, that Stayful battery, get up and go. Well, Clarissa, I says to my gas buggy, you're the queen of the May, the lass with the delicate air, and the pride of Wilcox Alley all in one. What do you want now, my Thanksgiving precious? And she says, just to go to sleep out in the garage once again. Why, Harlow, you can even use my Autolite Stay Full battery for a pillow. Happy slumber and good night, everybody. And remember, Autolite means batteries. Stay full batteries. Autolite means spark plugs. Ignition engineered resistor spark plugs. Autolite means ignition systems. The lifeline of your car. And now here again is Miss Margaret O'Brien. It's been just wonderful being on suspense. And I hope you let me come back again sometime. We will, Margaret. And now let me tell our listeners about next week. Claude Rains and Vincent Price in the famous mystery story, The Hands of Mr. Ottermole. Another gripping study in suspense. Margaret O'Brien appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture The Three Musketeers, starring Lana Turner, Gene Kelly, and June Allison. Tonight's suspense play was by Ray Bradbury, adapted for radio by Sylvia Richards, with music composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. In the coming weeks, suspense will present such stars as Rosalind Russell, James Cagney, Ronald Coleman, William Bendix, and many others. Make it a point to listen each Thursday to Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And next Thursday, same time, hear Claude Rains and Vincent Price in the hands of Mr. Ottermole. This is the Autolite Suspense Show, signing off. Good night. Switch to Autolite. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. the best coffee in the whole world? Well, your father says so, and your father knows best. Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your neighbors, the Andersons, brought to you by Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee. Look for that familiar blue Maxwell House tin, featured in stores everywhere at lower prices. The lowest prices in months. Enjoy coffee that's always good to the last drop. Heap high the board with plenteous cheer and gather to the feast and toast the sturdy pilgrim band whose courage never ceased. You know, the pilgrims started the custom of Thanksgiving. But there are others whose trials and tribulations on an average Thanksgiving day bear inspection and a certain amount of sympathy. Take, for example, the Andersons, who live in Springfield in a white frame house on Maple Street. They count their blessings and give their thanks. But with three children in the house, even a simple rite like Thanksgiving can be a pretty complicated affair, like this. Mother! 
We're in the den, Betty. Is it all right if I borrow your earrings? Betty! If you have anything to ask your mother, come down here and ask her. Jumping creepers. Sounds like she was reared in a barn. Stands up there screaming her head off. Jim. Hmm? Kathy is waiting to read her poem. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, Kathy. Go ahead. Yes, Daddy. Go ahead, dear. Well, now what are you waiting for? I have to be introduced. Pardon me. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the competition in the fourth grade, Miss Kathleen Anderson. Is that better? Now you have to applaud. Okay, we applaud. Thank you. What a ham. <laughs> Has to get her applause before she reads the poem. Jim. Doesn't want to take any chances. All right, dear, anytime you're ready. Yes, Mommy. Thanksgiving Day by Kathleen Joy Anderson, fourth grade. Thanksgiving is a lucky day. Uh, well, wait a minute. What was that name? The name? Your name. Say it again. Kathleen Joy Anderson? Where did the joy come from? Your name is Kathleen Louise Anderson. But I don't like Louise. You what? Jim, Kathy and I talked it all my over. My mother's name is Louise, and if it's good enough for my mother, it's good enough for her. It's only a middle name, dear, and if she doesn't like it... Why shouldn't she like it? What's wrong with it? Nothing, Jim, but it's her name. You're darn right it's her name. She's not going to change it. <laughs> now, go ahead. Mommy? Go ahead, dear. Gee whiz... My grandmother and her mother were named Louise. There's no reason why she should want to change it. Well? What? Read the poem. Yes, Daddy. Thanksgiving Day by Kathleen Louise Anderson. That's more like it. Fourth grade. That's much better. Jim, please. All right, Kathy, go ahead. Thanksgiving is a lucky day for all the girls and boys. It isn't just like Christmas when your parents give you toys. It isn't even like Easter when you get an Easter bunny. Or even like your birthday when your uncle sends you money. What? <laughs> Jim. When did her uncle ever send her money? <laughs> or anything else. Kathy. She's nine years old. He's never sent her a button. <laughs> Gives her money. He's so tight he can't even sit down. <laughs> Jim Anderson, I know you don't like him, but he's been very good to my sister, and if Kathy needs him for her poem... Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and your brother-in-law. <laughs> Boy, is that a combination. Go ahead, Kathleen. Yes, Mommy. Thanksgiving Day by Kathleen... Uh, not from the beginning, Kathy. Start where you left off. I don't remember where I was. Your uncle was giving you money. Oh. That's something we can all remember. Yes, Daddy. This isn't a poem. It's a fairy tale. Jim, if you say one more word... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kathy. Is it all right if I start up near Christmas? Start anywhere you like, but start... Okay. Thanksgiving Day by Kathleen Fourth <laughs> grade. Oh, dear. Thanksgiving is 
a lucky day for all the girls and boys. It isn't just like Christmas when your parents give you toys. It isn't even like Easter when you get an Easter bunny. Or even like your birthday when your uncle gives you money. I didn't say a word. Go ahead, dear. It isn't like the 4th of July or Decoration Day. Or summer vacation or Halloween. Kathy, when are you going to stop telling us what it isn't like and tell us what it is like? How can she when you keep interrupting? Well, it's supposed to be a poem about Thanksgiving, isn't it? And what has she said? It isn't like Christmas. It isn't like the 4th of July. Who said it was? <laughs> Jim, the poem has already won the contest. We're just supposed to listen. But as long as... We're it... just supposed to listen. Go ahead, dear. You mean from the beginning? No, no. <laughs> Start after that funny part where your uncle gives you money. Okay. It isn't like the 4th of July or Decoration Day or summer vacation or Halloween when all the kids can play. No! Oh, Jim! Oh! Good grief. Oh. Scare a man half out of his wits? Mother, is it all right if I borrow your earrings? Look what you've done. Ashes all over the floor. Well, I'll clean it up, Margaret. Don't worry about it. What happened? Nothing happened. I knocked over the ashtray, that's all. Go ahead, Kathy. Thanksgiving is a different day. Excuse me, Kathy. I have to speak to Mother. Let her finish the poem, Betty. Father, I told Janie Liggett I'd be there early. She's counting on me. You don't have to read a poem over the radio. Oh, no. You mean she's going to read that horrible thing in public? Thanksgiving is a lucky day. I didn't see you winning any free turkey dinner. I didn't have to. The Liggetts are going to have three turkeys. Wait a minute. The way you kids talk, you'd think we'd never had a turkey in this house. <laughs> Jim. I've got a good mind to keep you all home. Father. Jim, it isn't a question of turkey. Kathy's principal told you. Why couldn't they have their dinner some other day? But Thanksgiving dinner was the prize, dear. For all eight grades, it's become a major event. And the Liggetts. If somebody looks cross-eyed, Janie Liggett has a party. Father, you said... I know what I said. And it'll be a relief to get you all out of the house. Your mother won't have to spend all day cooking a dinner. You'll wolf down in 20 minutes. Jim. We'll have a little peace around here. Even if it is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a different day. The day I like the best. Kathy, I haven't asked about the earrings. Which earrings, Betty? The ones with the rhinestones. Oh, dear, those are much too old for you. Oh, no, they aren't, Mother. Really, they aren't. Thanksgiving is a different day. Uh, just a minute, Kathy. Betty, if your mother says they're too old for you... But they aren't, Father. I tried them on. Don't you think something less formal would be more suitable? But, Mother... After all, rhinestones in the afternoon. Not good, huh? Not good at all. How about the little pearl ones? Oh, much better. May I? <laughs> of course, dear. Oh, thank you, Mother. You're an angel. Go ahead, Kathy. Maybe I ought to get the vacuum cleaner. The whole rug's a mess. Just leave it, Jim. I'll clean it later. It'll only take me a second. Jim. All right, Kathy. Now. <laughs> yes, get it over with, please. Thanksgiving is a different day. The day I like the best. It's even better than Sunday, which is called the Day of Rest. Thanksgiving is my favorite day. So 
dear. Now, have a nice time. Bud, what are you doing with my suitcase? What? Thanksgiving is my favorite day. Come in here and bring the suitcase. Gosh, I'm not going to hurt it, Dad. Did anybody say you could borrow my suitcase? No, Dad. Then why are you taking it? Well, I have to carry them in something. Carry what? The football letters. They're going to give them out at the dinner, and the coach said... Put it back where you got it. But the coach said I could eat with the team... I said put it back. Holy cow. (laughs) Thanksgiving is my favorite day. (laughs) Jim, he isn't going to hurt anything. That's not the point. He has no right to take things without asking for them. But you were busy, Dad. I tried to ask you this morning, remember? I said, Dad, and you said you thought it was going to be wonderful for you and Mom to have Thanksgiving dinner in a restaurant for a change. And I said, Dad, and you said you thought everybody made too much of a fuss about Thanksgiving anyway. And I said, Dad, and you said... Bud. Hmm? Take the suitcase. Boy. And next time, ask for it. I tried to, Dad. I said... Bud. <laughs> okay, Dad. Goodbye now. Oh, is Billy here, dear? He's parked out front. Well, have a good time. Don't eat too much turkey. I won't. See you later. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye, Betty. Bye. Bye. Thanksgiving is my favorite day. Just a minute, Kathy. But are you driving downtown with Joe Phillips? Yes, Dad. Why don't you drop Kathy off at the school? Okay. Come on, Kathy. I haven't finished my poem. Well, why haven't you? I haven't heard anything else for the past hour. I tried to read it, and first you said that Uncle Richard... Come on, Kathy, will you? I'm late. Nobody ever lets me do anything just because I'm the littlest one in the family. Kathy, read the poem. Everybody thinks they can pick on me. Kathy. Thanksgiving is my favorite day, dear. That's where you left off. And they don't have any right to... Thanksgiving is my favorite day, though the skies are gray and murky. Because that's the day when I get to eat... The drumstick of a turkey. Well? That's the end. Some poem. Bud. It's a very lovely poem, Kathy. Thank you, Mommy. You mean that won the competition? Jim. Well, uh, I'm not surprised. It's, uh... Very good. A little uh, sentimental, perhaps, but very good. Thank you, Daddy. Get your coat, Kathy, and let's go. Mr. Bryant said he'd bring me home, Mommy. That's fine, dear. And don't forget to listen to the broadcast. We won't, and behave yourself. Come on, will ya? Well, stop pulling me. Why do you always have to pull me? Thanks for the suitcase, Dad. That's all right. Have a nice time, bud. You too, Kathy. Bye. Be a good girl, Kathleen. Goodbye, dear. Well. I'm completely exhausted. I don't know where they get all that energy. Margaret, did she really win the competition with that poem? She's only in the fourth grade, Jim. That's very good for the fourth grade. When I was nine, I could write poems like that standing on my head. (laughs) Well, if you've ever seen Kathy study, you'd know that that's probably the way she wrote it. (laughs) Margaret. Yes, dear. Have you noticed how quiet it is? Yes, dear. Hasn't been this quiet for weeks, has it? 
No, dear. Well, it does you good to get away from the kids for a while. Gives you a chance to relax, take things easy. Read your paper and, uh, things? Yes, dear. Get the kids out of the house and it makes all the difference in the world. Get a little peace and quiet. Don't you? Yes, dear. All that excitement and shouting and running up and down stairs, absolutely unnecessary, isn't it? I suppose so, dear. Margaret. Yes, dear. I'm lonesome. <laughs> yes, dear. father has a right to feel lonesome. After all, Thanksgiving is a family day. But whether or not the family can gather to join in the festivities, we all have many things to be thankful for. We Maxwell House people, for instance, we're happy that our coffee is America's favorite brand. Happy that in so many homes, Thanksgiving dinner means a pot of Maxwell House coffee brewing on the stove, as well as the turkey in the oven and the pumpkin pies cooling on the shelf. We take a lot of pride in our coffee, and we want you to know you can count on Maxwell House every cup you pour. We'll keep it always good to the last drop on Thanksgiving Day and every day in the year. That was very good, Barbara. Very good indeed. Now, our next winner is a rugged individualist indeed. Jim, it's Kathy. I'll be right in. She put her thoughts on Thanksgiving into verse and will now read the poem which won for her the competition in the fourth grade. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Kathleen Andis. Is it Kathy? Has she started yet? Jim, be quiet. Well, I just wanted to know. Thanksgiving Day by Kathleen Joy <laughs> Louise Anderson. <laughs> Thanksgiving is a lucky day for all the girls and boys. It isn't just like Christmas when your parents give you toys. Well, why doesn't she go on? Jim, please. Go ahead, Kathleen. It isn't as if she had to remember anything. She's got it right in front of her. Oh, but dear, she's probably very nervous. Well, she can read, can't she? Kathleen, we're waiting. I want to go home. <laughs> now what's gotten into her? Oh, the poor little thing. Miss Anderson just remembered a previous engagement. <laughs> well, perhaps we'll have better luck with our next little guest. The winner of the competition in the fifth grade... You see, Margaret, I told you she shouldn't have gone. Oh, my poor baby. I've never heard anything like that in my entire life. She was frightened, Jim, that's all. Frightened of what? You can't shut her up when she's in the house. <laughs> as soon as she's supposed to talk, she makes an oyster sound like Georgie Jessel. <laughs> I tell you... Margaret. Yes, Jim? Do you think we ought to go down and get her? Oh, I don't think so. Poor kid's probably crying her heart out. She'll get over it. And don't forget, they promised her two drumsticks. I don't know. She didn't sound very hungry. 
Do I? What? You promised me a Thanksgiving dinner at the townhouse, remember? Oh, yes, I did, didn't I? I'll get my hat and coat, or uh, would you rather have me sue you for breach of promise? Margaret. Jim, there isn't anything wrong, is there? Oh, no, honey, everything's fine. It's just that, well... Yes? I've been doing a lot of thinking, and... Uh, uh, would you mind very much if we didn't go out? Why, Jim? I know I promised you dinner, but... Well, I'd just rather eat here. There isn't anything to eat. Sure there is. I saw a whole heap of hamburger in the icebox. A hamburger on Thanksgiving Day? Well, Margaret, to tell you the truth, this uh, doesn't seem much like Thanksgiving. Not like the kind of Thanksgiving we used to know. Well, it's finally happened. After only 18 years, you're tired of me. <laughs> you know what I mean, don't you, honey? I think so. Thanksgiving has always been a, a special sort of a day for me. Even when I was a boy... It was more than just a holiday. It was a time when the whole family got together and had fun. We used to go out into the country to my grandmother's. We did, too. Go to my grandmother's, I mean. The whole family used to be there. My Uncle Rob and his wife and their eight children, and my Uncle Will and his wife and their ten children. <laughs> that must have been cozy. Oh, it was. We ate in shifts. <laughs> My grandmother always swore she was feeding half of the neighbor's kids. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. Did you play games after dinner? Heck no. We were so stuffed we couldn't move. Oh, you were a bunch of sissies. We used to play going to Jerusalem or musical chairs or charades. That's pretty hard to do with just two people, isn't it? Jim, there's one thing we mustn't forget. This is a new generation. It's a different sort of generation with... New ideas and a new sense of values. Times have changed. Mm-hmm. I guess they have. Let's, um, let's go into the kitchen and see what we can throw together. You're an old sentimentalist, Jim Anderson. <laughs> That's what you are. And I love you. I love you, too. You know, maybe if the kids get home early, we can all go to a movie or something. How'd you like that? Oh, I wouldn't count on it, dear. Betty said not to expect her before midnight, and... Bud's dinner won't start until six. Well, Kathy isn't going to stay out all night, is she? Well, no. Okay, then we'll take Kathy to the movies. Well, we'll see, dear. It all depends on... Bud! Hiya, Mom. Hi, Dad. What are you doing here? Fixing a hamburger. Want one? Well, what happened to the dinner? What dinner? At the training table with the football team. Oh, that dinner. Well? I don't know. I guess I just wasn't hungry. Weren't hungry. You? Yeah, I'm going to call Dr. Simmons. Uh, wait a minute, Margaret. Bud, if you aren't hungry, why the hamburger? The hamburger? Uh, pardon me, the three hamburgers. Oh, well, I... I guess I got hungry. Oh, Bud, if you don't feel well, please tell us. But I do feel well, Mom. I feel fine. Look, Bud, if you don't want to tell us the truth... But I am telling you the truth. I didn't like the dinner, that's all. Bunch of big goofs sitting around talking about football. What good is that? Since when don't you like to talk about football? What good is that? Since when don't you like to talk about football? Just a second, honey. Kathy? It's me, Father. What's she doing home? What on earth is... Uh, we're in the kitchen, Betty. I'll be right in. Oh, dear, just when everything was going so well. Margaret, why do you immediately assume that something is wrong? 
Maybe the Liggetts decided not to have a party. Or maybe Betty had the wrong day. Lots of things could have happened. The party was today. I know it was. Well, maybe it hasn't started yet. What's everybody doing in the kitchen? Oh, hi, Bud. What are you doing here? Oh, nothing much. Want a hamburger? Okay. Never mind the hamburgers, Bud. We've got things to discuss that are much more important. Than hamburgers? <laughs> Do you feel all right, dear? Sure. Why? You told your mother you wouldn't be home until midnight. Oh, well, I... Well, I wasn't going to, but I came up with the most awful headache. Jim. You just said you felt fine. I do. Oh, I mean, I do except for this headache. Jim, I'm going to call Mrs. Liggett and ask her... Mother, you know if there was anything wrong, I'd tell you. I always have, haven't I? Yes, dear, you have, uh, but... Just a minute, Margaret. Kathy? Yes, Daddy? We're in the kitchen. Come on in. Yes, Daddy. See, Margaret, I told you we should have gone down for her. Well, I had no way of knowing. What's the matter with Kathy? Your sister reads the first line of her poem and bursts into tears. No kidding. The poor little thing. Hello. <laughs> oh, Angel. Hello, sweetheart. Come on over here and tell your daddy all your troubles. I don't have any troubles, Daddy. I'm just not happy. Well, it isn't anything to cry about, is it? It was a lovely poem, darling, even if you didn't read it. And don't you worry, Knothead. If anybody makes fun of you, I'll poke them right in the nose. Oh, Bud. I don't care if they do make fun of me. I didn't want to read my poem, not to them. Why, Kathy, they're your friends. I don't want them. It's Thanksgiving, and I wanted my mommy and my daddy and my sister and my brother. I was lonesome. <laughs> Kathy, darling. She's all right, Margaret. Just leave her alone. Mother. Yes, Betty. I was lonesome, too. <laughs> oh, now, wait a minute. Oh, Jim. Margaret, not you, too. <laughs> Yes, me too. Good grief. <clears throat> you sound like the third act of Uncle Tom's Cabin. <laughs> What's the matter with you, bud? Nothing. I just feel like blowing my nose, that's all. <laughs> well, blow it. <laughs> now, get busy with the hamburgers. Okay, Dad. How about a little food for the hungry Anderson? Well, I'm, I'm starving. Hamburgers. It's a fine thing to serve for a Thanksgiving dinner, isn't it? It sounds fine to me. I don't care what part of the hamburger I get. <laughs> as long as it's the drumstick. <laughs> that a girl, Kathy. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's sit down and be comfortable. Well, I'll take over, Bud. I'm doing fine, Mom. Oh, Bud, really? Now, don't argue with the chef, Margaret. Just sit down and relax. Well, if you insist. Four hamburgers coming up. Well, that'll take care of me, but what are they going to eat? <laughs> <laughs> Betty. Oh, you big pig. Margaret, kids, before we dig into these juicy Thanksgiving burgers, may I say something? Sure, well, yeah, daughter. Here. This has been, I think, the happiest Thanksgiving day of my entire life. And if you don't mind, I'd like to say a special grace. Oh, Lord, we give thee thanks from the bottom of our humble hearts 
for the blessings thou hast seen fit to bestow upon us. We thank thee for the food that graces our table and the roof that covers our head. We thank thee for the privilege of living as free men in a country which respects our freedom and our personal rights to worship and think and speak as we choose. But most of all, dear Lord, we thank thee for making us a family, for giving us sincerity and understanding. We thank thee for giving us the most cherished gift a family may know, the gift of love for one another. Amen. Anderson Breakfast Nook, life has eased back into its accustomed groove. Thanksgiving Day is over, but the Andersons, well, they go on forever, like this. Why can't I wear lipstick? Claudia McHugh does, and she's only 12. Here's your coffee, dear. Thank you. Well? Well, what? Well, why can't I? Because I said you couldn't. And eat your breakfast. Gee whiz. Oh, Margaret, we've got to do something about that boy. He's beginning to shake the house. I'll speak to him, dear. If he can't take it easy on the stairs, don't feed him so much. <laughs> One of these days, he's going to go right through. Hiya, Dad. Good morning, Hi. Mom. Sit down and eat your breakfast. Good morning, dear. He didn't say anything to me. Hiya, squirt. <laughs> Good morning. Father, do you know what Bud did? He used my good cologne on his hair. Good morning, Betty. I used two drops. You used practically the whole bottle. I did not. Good morning, Betty. Mother, if I can't have a little privacy with my own thing. Betty. What? Good morning. Good morning, Father. That's better. <laughs> Sit down, eat your breakfast. Jumping creepers. <laughs> you know, Margaret, there's one thing I'm really going to enjoy about our Thanksgiving Day dinner yesterday. What's that, dear? We're probably the only family in Springfield that won't be eating leftover turkey for the next month. <laughs> yes, dear. What are we going to have for dinner tonight? Leftover hamburgers. <laughs> So you don't think your family will ever be hungry again? Well, you just wait till tomorrow morning. The kids will be banging their spoons for breakfast the same as ever. So be ready with steaming bowls of hot post-wheat meal. And tell the youngsters it's Hopalong Cassidy's favorite hot cereal. Yes, hot post-wheat meal with solid whole wheat nourishment and rich nut-like flavor that Hopalong sure goes for. Hot post-wheat meal. You'll see, you'll all agree, it's the best hot cereal you ever ate. Days, stores everywhere are featuring lower prices on Maxwell House coffee. The lowest prices in months. Bring home one of those familiar blue tins tomorrow and enjoy coffee that's always good to the last drop. Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson, with Roy Bargey and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. So until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House. Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Ed James.
Now stay tuned in for Dragnet, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Exciting Dragnet is next, then We the People on NBC. For the safety of your smile, use Pepsodent twice a day. See your dentist twice a year. Lieber Brothers Company presents the Pepsodent show, My Friend Irma, created by Cy Howard and starring Marie Wilson as Irma with Joan Banks as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship when other friendships have been forgotten. Like my roommate, Irma Peterson It's all pretty wonderful She has a lovely figure Gorgeous blonde hair And a face that fairly takes your breath away People wonder why it doesn't go to her head I'll tell you why Because there it would die of malnutrition <laughs> Oh, now, now, don't get me wrong I love the girl It's only that sometimes she does things That give me a groan in the dome For instance, the other day I was reading the paper And I said... Irma. Yes, Jane? It says here that our shoreline is receding at the rate of one inch every thousand years. Gee, that's wonderful. I can hardly wait to go bathing on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> well, it takes all kinds of people to make a world. But right now, I'm too excited to even think about it. You see, I've just received a letter from Richard Rhinelander, my ex-employer, and still the number one guy in my dreams. Jane? Yes, sweetie? Who's the letter from? It's from Richard. Richard? Oh, Jane, what does he say? I'll read it to you. Dear Jane. Dear Jane? Oh, he loves you. What makes you say that? Because he said dear. Irma, for your information, at income tax time, I got a letter from the government saying, Dear Miss Stacy, and believe me, the Treasury Department and I are not engaged. <laughs> You can't go around with everybody. <laughs> what else did he write? Um, Dear Jane, I am basking in the sun at the Rossmore Hotel in Palm Springs. I will be back in New York for Thanksgiving, and I am bringing you a Mexican serape. Oh, gosh, he's adopted a baby. <laughs> Irma, a serape is a blanket. He simply mentioned the gift to show that he's thinking about me. Isn't that sweet? Yes, men can be so sweet when they're far away. Of course, I like them close, too. <laughs> you can take all the blankets you want. I'll take Al in person. <laughs> oh, be still, Irma. Hey, I've got an idea. Since Richard will be back on Thanksgiving, let's you and I give a turkey dinner here in the apartment for our boyfriends. Oh, that'll be wonderful, Jane. And I'm sure Al will have the day off because it's a legal holiday and the unemployment office will be closed. <laughs> Grand. Now, look, Irma, it's very important that we don't say anything about this to Mrs. O'Reilly and the professor. It's been a long time since I've seen Richard, and I don't want it spoiled by their constant quarreling. So remember now, not a word. 
Well, I understand, Jane. I won't mention the word turkey once. Good. I'll just say we're having chicken. <laughs> no, Irma, just don't say anything about Thanksgiving. Is that clear? Well, of course, Jane. Come in. Hello, girls. Oh, hello, Mrs. O'Reilly. Merry Christmas. Christmas? My Irma, darling, Thanksgiving isn't here yet. Uh-oh, the cat's out of the bag. Irma. <laughs> well, we're not having any turkey, you know. Uh, uh, how is everything with you, Mrs. O'Reilly? Not so good, Janie. It's that Professor Kropotkin again. He left another one of his insulting notes on my door. Just listen to this. When I look into your eyes, my heart does flip-ups. Why, I think that's a beautiful thought. That's what I thought until I read the rest of it. Look what comes next. That's because you have a face that scares away me hiccups. <laughs> well, you know the professor. He doesn't mean anything by it. I don't know about that, Janie. The other day, he took me to an antique show, and I was having a wonderful time bidding on an early American copper bathtub. And all of a sudden, the professor began to laugh. What was so funny? He said it was the first time he'd ever seen one tub bidding on another tub. <laughs> Come in. It's only me, Professor Kropotsky. <laughs> Hello, Janie, Irma, and Mrs. O'Reilly, my three little birds. Janie, graceful like a swan. Why, thank you, Professor. And Irma. A little lovebird. Oh, Professor, that's sweet. And you, Mrs. O'Reilly. Yes, Professor? Old bat. <laughs> Why, you? You'll be a dead duck before I get through with you. No, no, take it easy, Mrs. O'Reilly. I was only joking. No, to me, you are really an inspiration. Why, Professor? <laughs> no, it's true, it's true. Seeing you here in the half-light with your beautiful red hair brings to mind my first romance. Her name was Sonia. Every evening I would find her by the lake with her faithful collie. And this is why every time I see you standing like this, I want to call out and say... Here over, here over. <laughs> Why, you mangy old musician, Please, you. the two of you. Don't you ever know when to call it quits? I'm sorry, Jenny. Mrs. O'Reilly, I apologize. Well, I, I should think you would. I try so hard to be friendly with everyone. After all, it'll soon be Thanksgiving. Yes. And if you say I look like a turkey, I'll beat your brains out. <laughs> oh, turkey, oh, that reminds Irma. me... Reminds you of what, dearie? Well, you see, we're having... It reminds her of the 4th of July. 4th of July? Yes. If you open your mouth, there'll be fireworks. <laughs> well, I, for one, have made no plans for Thanksgiving. But as far back as I can remember, I've always been invited to a turkey dinner. Is that so? Tell me, Mrs. O'Reilly, I've always wanted to know, was Miles Standish a big eater? <laughs> Well, as a matter of fact, he was... Now, look here, you... Oh, uh, Mrs. O'Reilly, I I'm sure we'll all have a place to go on Thanksgiving. I never worry about it, Janie. You see, Thanksgiving is so near the first of the year and everyone wants to renew their lease. So I always get invited to dinner. <laughs> 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 
got throat trouble, too. <laughs> and I'm sure my best friends won't forget me. Miss O'Reilly, you are priceless. Come on, we'll take a walk over to the automobile showrooms. I want you should stand alongside of a new Nash so I can make a comparison. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean, Professor. We're both so streamlined. <laughs> yes, and you both seat four in the front. <laughs> Goodbye, Why, you? Well, that was a bit of a hint, wasn't it, Irma? Oh, yes, Jane. What are we going to do? Nothing. We'll just go ahead with the dinner as we planned. After all, we're two young girls with bows, and we're entitled to a little pleasure. Certainly, we're not married. <laughs> well, personally, I don't think the professor minds not being invited too much, but as for Mrs. O'Reilly, well, she is our landlady, and we've got to stay on the right side of her. So again, Irma, let me remind you, we do nothing to arouse her suspicion. Oh, you can trust me, Jane. I won't breathe it to a living soul or any of my other friends. <laughs> Good. And look, honey, I've got to hurry to keep an appointment with the dentist, so would you mind going to the butcher's and ordering the turkey now so we'll have a good bird? Oh, I'll be glad to, Jane. Fine. See you later, sweetie. Hello? What's that you say? My multiple theory on atomic fission works. Oh, that's nice. Who's it working for? <laughs> huh? Oh, no, I'm sorry. This isn't Einstein. My name is Peterson. Uh, you have the wrong number, but talking about fishing, if you ever want to go fishing, I'll be glad to go. <laughs> Goodbye. Gee, now I know how Barbara Stanwyck felt in sorry wrong number. <laughs> Come in. Hiya, chicken. <laughs> Hello, Al, honey. Uh, Al, uh, do you have any plans for Thanksgiving? Uh, well, to tell you the truth, chicken, I did plan on taking you out to dinner but uh, got a last-minute phone call which makes it necessary for me to be out of town Thanksgiving. Oh, Al. Jane and I are having a big turkey dinner here, and you're invited. Now you can't make it. Oh, you're wrong, chicken. Just happen to remember they took my phone out just before the call came through. <laughs> Al, you're always making sacrifices for me. Glad to help you, chicken. Well, Jane wants me to go right out and order the turkey. Yeah, chicken, are you and Jane going to have all the trimmings? You know, cranberries, sweet potatoes, stuffing, celery, olives? Oh, sure, Al. Well, in that case, I want to chip in. Oh, Al, it won't be necessary. No, no, I insist. Well, all right, Al, if it'll make you feel any better, uh, uh, what would you like to bring? Well, let's Again. see. Yeah, I could bring flowers. Might give you hay fever. <laughs> no point in bringing more candy. Just bought you a pack of Lifesavers last week. <laughs> Champagne? Caviar? I got it. For them olives you're buying, you'll need toothpicks. Count on me for that. Oh, no, Al. This is, this is all on us. We want to catch the full spirit of the holiday. <laughs> Al. What, chicken? How did they get the idea of having turkey on Thanksgiving? Glad you come to me for knowledge, chicken, because I'm loaded with it. See, Thanksgiving originated with a bunch of pilgrims who came to America, led by some very famous men such as William Penn, Buffalo Bill, and uh, Wild Bill Hickok. Hickok? Oh, I know. He's the man who invented the suspenders. Uh, <laughs> precisely. Now, the Pilgrims really had a tough winter. There was a housing shortage, manufacturing was at a standstill, and everybody was really beaten out of work. So, naturally, they felt they had something to be thankful for, 
So they decided to give a feast. Oh, I see. Now, the big delicacy in them days was bear meat. So they sent an Indian guide out to trap a bear. Unfortunately, this guide was nearsighted, and by mistake, he come back with a turkey. Well, imagine that. Yeah. And to this day, if it wasn't for that slight defect in Hiawatha's vision, we'd all be sitting down to a Thanksgiving dinner of stuffed bear. <laughs> oh, gee, that would have been perfect for our dinner. Then we could all have a drumstick. Uh, well, them's the breaks. Come on, chicken, I'll walk you downstairs. Is that you, Irma, honey? Come on in. Oh, hello, Mrs. O'Reilly. Well, you look awfully upset. Is anything wrong? Yes. I've just told the Martins upstairs that I have a rule. No pets of any kind in this house. Yes, I know how strict you are about that. Well, I just found out they have a canary, and either that bird goes or they go. I'm going right back up there and give them five minutes to make up their mind. Hello? Oh, Richard, how nice of you to call me long distance. Yes, I got your letter. What? Oh. Oh, Richard. Oh, no. Oh, murder. Richard. What? I sound crazy? I'm going crazy. I can't talk to you right now. Irma just walked in with a live turkey. Goodbye. Merry... Merry Thanksgiving, Jane. Irma Peterson, how could you bring home a live turkey? Well, Jane, I was only trying to save money. What do you mean, save money? Well, I felt this one, and it's already stuffed. <laughs> That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Take that turkey back. Oh, I can't, Jane. The butcher said he won't take George back. George? Yes, that's his name. How do you know? Well, the butcher said, do you really want this turkey? When I said yes, he said, well, bye, George. So I did. <laughs> Your winning smile is a Pepsodent smile. Again and again, people have found it true. The smile that wins is the Pepsodent smile. The story of Nancy Rule proves it. Her smile won success in the fabulous world of fashion. From Kentucky Center College, Nancy went to Chicago to begin her career in a department store. There, she won promotions and a husband. Now, she's fashion stylist for their own store in Freeport, Illinois. When Nancy presents costumes she's chosen at New York's Glittering Style previews, her winning smile is an important asset. Nancy said... It's a Pepsodent smile. I've used Pepsodent toothpaste ever since I was in college. I love the way it brightens my teeth. Like Nancy Rule, people all over America have found the smile that wins is the Pepsodent smile. In recent comparison tests, thousands of people preferred Pepsodent with Irium over the brands they'd been using at home. Yes, Pepsodent won by the overwhelming average of three to one for its cool, minty taste, for making breath cleaner and teeth brighter. Try a new Pepsodent toothpaste with Irium, and you will see the smile that wins is the Pepsodent smile.
homemade out to buy a turkey. It's funny, I always thought her name was Irma Peterson, but it's turned out to be Frank Buck because she had to bring it back alive. <laughs> She's standing in the doorway with the turkey in her arms. She is looking at the turkey, and the turkey is looking at her, and I'm looking at both of them, and I don't know which head to cut off. <laughs> What in the world made you buy a live turkey? Well, you didn't specify, Jen, and, and he looks so lonely. But, sweetie, you know Mrs. O'Reilly doesn't allow pets of any sort in the apartment. What will we tell her? She'll throw us out. Well, we could have cut a hole in the wall and let the turkey's head stick through and tell her we shot it in Africa. <laughs> Irma, before I shoot myself, let me make one thing clear. There is still a great housing shortage. If Mrs. O'Reilly finds out we're not inviting her to Thanksgiving dinner and then finds out we have a live turkey in the apartment, all three of us can take a boat to Africa. Oh, no, Jane, if we're going to take a trip, I'd rather get you on a slow boat to China. <laughs> Irma, this is no time for joking. We're in trouble. Well, now, let's see. Uh, gosh, there must be some way of fooling Mrs. O'Reilly. I have it. Uh, I just bought a new hat, and maybe I can train the bird to sit on it, and I can say it came that way. No, sweetie, it's liable to lay an egg, and we wouldn't be able to tell it from your head. <laughs> oh, nobody but you would bring home a turkey by the name of George. Oh, see, Jane? Isn't he cute? He knows his name. <laughs> Look, Irma, I'm not going to waste any more words. There's only one thing for us to do. You'll have to... to kill it. Kill George? Oh, Jane, I can't. Why not? Would make him an orphan. <laughs> I mean, I've grown very fond of him. Oh, for goodness sakes, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you see, he just called me mother. <laughs> oh, Jane, Jane, I couldn't do it. Oh, stop dramatizing it. It's not that difficult. You just take a sharp knife and... Well, you just... Cut off its head, it's simple. But that's murder. Oh, preposterous. <laughs> th th there's nothing to it. Then you do it. All right, I... I... <laughs> What's he saying now? <laughs> he wants a lawyer. <laughs> oh, this is silly. You and your imagination. You're making a nervous wreck out of me. Oh, if that's Mrs. O'Reilly, this is the end. Uh, who, who is it? Me. Oh, come in. Hello, Jane. Hiya, chicken. I was just about... Hey, that bird's a little early for dinner, ain't he? <laughs> Never mind the dialogue. Al, are you a man? <laughs> well, unless I forgot to take off my Halloween costume, yes. <laughs> what? Irma bought this live turkey, and if Mrs. O'Reilly finds out about it, we're all dead ducks. So would you, uh... Kill it for us. Who, me? Nothing doing. I ain't got nothing against him. Al, don't tell me you're squeamish. Cannot stand the sight of blood. Cut into a medium rare steak one time, almost passed out. Don't blame the steak. It wasn't the blood you saw, it was the chick. Oh, no, Jane. Al has a soft heart. I know because every time I think about him, I get the same feeling in my head. <laughs> Thanks, chicken, but know what to do. You see, in a case like this, there's only one man who can help us. Who else? Who else but 
Hello, Joe. <laughs> Al, got a problem. Have to knock off a certain bird, what's my move? What? For a C note, one of your boys, casual Casper, will do the job so it'll look like an accident? <laughs> no, no, Joe, this is a feathered bird, a turkey. What do you advise? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Thanks, Joe, and goodbye, noble friend. Well, your problem is solved, girls. All we have to do is spread breadcrumbs around the electric fan. And when your little turkey... When your little turkey starts poking his head around them blades, you turn on the switch, set the tape. No, Al. I don't think I care for feathered wallpaper. Uh-oh. This could be it. Uh, who's there? Oh, come in. Hello, Janie. I mind, Alan. Oh, look, it's a turkey. For a minute, I thought it was Mrs. O'Reilly. His name is George. A pleasure. <laughs> Girls, I don't want to be a wet blanket, but if Mrs. O'Reilly sees that bird and realizes she isn't looking in a mirror, she's going to throw you both right out. We know that, Professor. Maybe you can help us, huh? Anything you want, Oh, Jamie. I knew we could count on you. Would you kill the turkey for us? Certainly. It's simple. Well, how are you going to do it? I'll tell him he has to share my room with me and he'll commit suicide. Well, I can see you're not going to be any help. Well, Irma, we have no choice. I know it sounds ridiculous, but we're going to put a leash around that bird's neck and you and I are going to walk him down to the butcher shop. Oh, but Jane, Please, I... Irma, my mind is made up. All right. Come on, George. <laughs> so long, George. I'll be seeing you Thanksgiving. You won't be seeing me, but I'll be seeing you. Well, we managed to get the turkey out of the building without Mrs. O'Reilly seeing us. And now we're walking it down the street. Irma is leading the turkey on a leash. Come on, Fido. Here, Fido. Irma, why are you calling Fido? Well, we won't be conspicuous if people think it's a dog. <laughs> Come on, Fido. Irma, can't you get that turkey to go faster? No, I think he knows where we're going. He, he keeps pulling back. That's silly. Jane. What? He's looking at you. He is? I mean, so what? He's got tears in his eyes. <laughs> it's just your imagination. Now, come on. Oh, there's the butchers. Irma, please, stop pulling on my skirt. That isn't me. It's a turkey. <laughs> it is? Yes. Why don't you look at him? Oh, stop being so emotional. After all, it's only a turkey. I think I had no willpower if I allowed myself to be... Uh, Irma? Yes? What's he doing now? He's still staring at you and crying. Oh, this is ridiculous. We're behaving like children. Now, there's nothing to it. Come on, Irma. Here's the butcher. You take him in. I can't. He trusts me. Oh. <laughs> now, see here, Irma. If you think I'm going to let a turkey make a fool out of me, you got... 
Oh, Emma. What, Jane? I think he trusts me, too. Well, we're back in the apartment. Irma, myself, and guess who? <laughs> That's right. Dear little George. So far, we haven't crossed paths with Mrs. O'Reilly, but it's only a matter of time. Irma, however, is quite calm about the whole thing. She's knitting. Irma, what are you doing? I'm knitting some booties. Irma! They're for George. <laughs> oh, I mean Georgette. She just laid an egg. <laughs> oh, quick, Irma. Uh, put the turkey in the bathroom. This might be Mrs. O'Reilly. Oh, all right, Jane. <laughs> okay, uh, he's in the bathroom. <clears throat> uh, come in. Hello, Janie. I thought you had company. I heard a strange voice. Oh, that was me. You, Irma? Yes, it was her. Yes, there I go again. <laughs> Irma, are you sure that's you? Yes, I have hiccups. But it sounded like a bird. Well, uh, I had eggs for breakfast. Uh, Mrs. O'Reilly, tell me, where did you buy that lovely hat? I'm not wearing a hat. And it's very becoming. Don't change the subject. I know what's going on. You've got something in that bathroom. And I'm going to find out what it is right now. Well, Irma, get the suitcases. We might as well start packing. Oh, girls. Oh, will you ever forgive me for being so suspicious? The bathroom's empty. That sound must have come from one of the other apartments. I'll go see. Oh, and I'm so sorry I bothered you. Irma. Irma, I can't believe it. Let's look in the bathroom. Well, for goodness sakes, you left the window open and Georgette has flown away. Irma, we're saved. Well, this is terrible. What do you mean, terrible? Who's going to sit on the egg? Your winning smile is a Pepsodent smile. Again and again, people have found the smile that wins is the Pepsodent smile. That's borne out by the vote of thousands who tried new Pepsodent toothpaste with Arium in a recent nationwide test. These people were given plain, unlabeled tubes of Pepsodent and were asked to compare it with the brands they were using at home. When their votes came in, Pepsodent won by the overwhelming average of three to one. These people say new Pepsodent tastes better, makes their breath cleaner, and their teeth brighter than any other toothpaste they tried. Remember, that's not just our opinion. That's what people say. They say it three to one. They've seen Pepsodent with Arium remove the film that makes teeth look dull, uncover new brightness in their smiles. Try it, and you will see the smile that wins is the Pepsodent smile. Saved. We still have no turkey for Thanksgiving, but at least we haven't been dispossessed by Mrs. O'Reilly, who's so strict about her rule, no pets. Irma, however, seems to be terribly concerned about this. Irma, honey, what's troubling you? Oh, 
gosh. Now I'm afraid to have Al come over. All we do is pet. <laughs> and you know, talking about pets, me, Jane Stacy, I'm happy to live a dog's life with my friend Irma. <laughs> Irma's produced and directed by Cy Howard. Park Levy writes the script with Stanley Adams and Roland McLean, and it's brought to you by Pepsi and Toothpaste with Irium, another fine product of Lever Brothers Company. Marie Wilson is starred as Irma, with Joan Banks as Jane. The part of Al was played by John Brown. Hans Conried was heard as Professor Kropotkin, and Gloria Gordon as Mrs. O'Reilly. Music was under the direction of Lud Guskin. Don't forget, you'll be able to hear my friend Irma on the big two-hour star-studded Thanksgiving Day program over most of these stations. Losses due to fires are at an all-time high and still skyrocketing. With preventable fires striking at the lives of our citizens, their homes, communities, and our forests, it behooves all of us to help prevent the destruction and loss which fire inevitably causes. This is Wendell Niles reminding you to tune in one hour earlier next week and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, followed by the President's show, My Friend Irma, CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting Center. Well, guys, that does it for our Thanksgiving episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please join me later on tonight as I bring to the show to start off our Christmas celebration for the month of December, Miss Judy Garland and Miss Margaret O'Brien in the Lux Radio Theater presentation of the movie meet me in st louis then stay tuned for miss judy garland as she sings a couple of songs to get us in the holiday spirit i hope you guys stay tuned for this month because i am making a few changes instead of mysteries it's going to be dramatizations and comedy episodes for the month of december and then Coming back in January will be the mystery and comedy old-time radio podcast shows. But for this month to celebrate Christmas and the true meaning of the season, we are bringing dramatizations and comedies that brought people together back in the vintage days of radio. If you like the show, guys, please comment and subscribe. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms such as Google, Spotify, Apple, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Overcast, and wherever else you get your podcast. I am also available on your Alexa and Google devices. Just tell Alexa, say, hey, Alexa, I would like to listen to the mystery and comedy old-time radio podcast and the same with google 
and they should pull my podcast right up. And once again, guys, if you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. And have a great day. See y'all later on tonight. Thanks.